one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What an insightful chat that was. Thank you, Jenny, for giving us your time following the fourth installment of Mental Health and Wellbeing Festival Get Ahead, which, if you follow us on socials, will know Mellow Compass were a partner of. From hanging with Moby and Ibiza to working and traveling the world with Ministry of Sound, Renaissance Live, and finally AEI Group, Jenny's incredible career in live events has been underpinned by networking and being an all-round top human being. This episode is full of gems and stories. Thanks, as always, for hitting play. Jenny, welcome to the Mellow Compass podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How are we? We're wonderful over here, other than, you know, having just had my second COVID jab. Definitely. Listen, listen, better to have it than not. So 48 hours of riding the storm and you'll be good as gold tomorrow. So we are speaking to you off the back of another very successful year of Get Ahead, which is actually happening exactly this time last week. So are you feeling a little bit recovered? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I felt a little bit like I'd been run over by a bus on Monday. Uh, I think a combination of lack of sleep for the last few weeks, the adrenaline, the anticipation, the sheer fear of putting on a live event in COVID times. Yeah, and I guess a lot of the uncertainty around, is it really going to happen? Are people going to show up? Are we going to be able to conduct ourselves in a COVID safe manner? All of those concerns and worries, which we've all had in the past weeks, particularly, thankfully, we're all fine on the day. And we had hundreds of people came to the festival. They absolutely loved it. Uh, I mean, it was the first time that I think most of the speakers, as well as the guests, had actually been at a proper in-person event for almost 18 months. So I think the levels of thanks and gratitude for the fact that we were able to put it on really were there. And, you know, it was it was tough, but it was so, so rewarding. And I'm I'm just so delighted that we were able to do it and and do it in a way that we did where, you know, we delivered such a fantastic caliber of content across the 24 hour period. We had, you know, a phenomenal lineup um, working with us, hugely supportive of, of the cause and, and the, the, the reasons we're doing it. And yeah, it was just a really, really great day. And, you know, you were a big part of it. And we thank you for that. Wow, thank you very much. It was, a, it was really, really fun to be out and about with people in real life. Um, definitely 
A completely new and different experience from what we've known previously. But before we go into that, into too much detail, we are going to go back and, and talk about it. You spent a lot of time in Ibiza. You started your career really there as well. Do you have a particularly memorable night out? Um, well, I did eight seasons in Ibiza, so I was there for four or five months at a time for eight years, which was phenomenal. Uh, so there are many, many memorable nights out, but one in particular will always stand out to me was a night uh, where I was working for one of the super brands at the time called Renaissance, which we were doing a weekly residency at a nightclub called Privilege, which is officially the biggest nightclub in the world. 10,000 capacity. Uh, it was called Renaissance Live. And each week we had a huge, huge array of DJs playing, but one big live act would perform each week. Everybody from Kylie, All Saints, Maloko. I mean, it was left field. It was phenomenal. Um, but, but really the one night I remember is when it was the, the day before the event and I was out and about promoting and flyering and doing the stuff we would do the day before the big show. And I got a call um, and the guy just went, hi, uh, this is Moby. I'm in Ibiza. Can you come and pick me up? I want to go out and party. And that is I was, mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. But, I mean, obviously, Moby is a, a superstar. But this was in the, you know, the big Moby days. We're talking, what year was this? Over 20 or 22 years ago now? When it was, you know, he was like a, you know, multi-platinum selling artist. He was gigging all over the world, headlining festivals. So he really was like an absolute, you know, hero then and you know he was one of my favorite artists so I had to get in my little car and I had to drive into the middle of nowhere and find this villa that he was staying at and I was like oh hello Mr Moby oh hi there I'm Jenny from Renaissance you know all nervous and giddy and like you know young and you know inexperienced and uh, I picked him up and he wanted to go to every single nightclub so I called around everywhere Pasha, Amnesia, every single club on the island and they rushed to get us a table and we stayed out the whole night just showing him the island introducing him to all the venues letting him see the real kind of Balearic spirit and he absolutely loved it and he told me all these stories about himself and his past and he had not long split up with that superstar Christina Ricci so it was just a really really surreal experience and then in the morning he wanted to go to Selena's beach and go skinny dipping. I did not go skinny dipping, but he did. So, um, did you yeah. take him to the skinny dipping beach? Well, I don't know if it's actually a skinny dipping beach, but he did go skinny dipping in Selena's beach uh, at like seven o'clock in the morning. Um, and then I, and then I dropped him off and I went to work having had no sleep. And then the show that night and it was just like nothing I'd ever seen. It was just, it was phenomenal. Like he did this big life show and at the end of it, he made, he made, turned himself into like the human cross. Oh, it was just, it was spectacular. Um, and, and a really, really lovely guy, super, super nice, super down to earth, you know, demystifying all these kind of, you know, crazy ideas that these famous people are anything but nice. Yeah. And real people as well. Totally. Just a right nice guy and was so kind and so thankful for being looked after and, just really nice and it's a I've got a photograph of me and him and a group of us down at the base bar in Ibiza town from that night and it's a it's a memory which will stick with me forever so that is my uh my real big memorable night that was obviously kind of early-ish in your career and you have spent a lot of time in Ibiza do you think you were always destined to work in music or did you kind of fall into it from being in the party scene in Ibiza 
I mean, no, not at all. I never had any ambitions to work in music. It wasn't something that I set out to do when I was growing up. Uh, I always loved music. I was always into my theatre and my dance. You know, I, I was part of theatre groups when I was younger. So I was into more of the kind of, if anything, the kind of classical kind of West End side of music as opposed to dance music. But I always, from a year, very young age, uh, my early teens, I was going out to clubs in Glasgow. You know, I went to a prodigy gig when I was like 12, 13 with my mates. So I was always into music, but I, as I say, it wasn't something I set out to do. My intention was always to be a primary school teacher. My dad's a teacher. It was very much kind of drilled into me you know, good solid career, good holidays, good staple business to be in, to have a family yourself. Um, and it wasn't until I, I made my choices to go to university that I, I chose to go into fashion design. So I was actually due to start my university degree in the September of that year. Um, and I went to Ibiza with my girlfriends, May, just, just on holiday. 10 of us went after school. Uh, we'd never been before. It was just, you know, we booked a package holiday. We thought it sounded like fun. And we went for, I think, a two-week holiday. And we were never the kind of girls who hung up out the West End in the kind of crappy bars. We liked the nice places, Cafe Mambo, Savannah's, where the sunsets were. And we just met some people and we met some of the people that worked there. I mean, it was very different, you know, 25 years ago. The landscape was different. There was a very kind of hardcore group of people that ran the club nights in Ibiza because there were so few back then. Um, and we met some of them. We met the people that ran Cafe Mambo. And Javier, who owns the business, his wife is Scottish and their sons speak Scottish, even though they're Spanish. And we kind of all just met and connected. And I think because of the, the Scottish connection uh, and they offered me a job and they said, well, we, you would be great to come and work with us. Why don't you come and do tickets for us? And that was back in the old days before online ticketing, when people sold tickets hand to hand for clubs. And, you know, you're looking at you would do three, four hundred pre-sale tickets for a club night that night. So the amount of money you could make was enormous. So I just called my mum and I was like, I'm not coming home. <laughs> that your mum loved that. Yeah, so I, I stayed and I absolutely loved it. And I was lucky that I met the right people. But I guess you make your own luck. And again, it's that point about networking and being a good human being. Um, and then I met Jeff and Joe, who were the owners of Renaissance, which, as I kind of mentioned previously, was one of the kind of three massive super club nights on the island. At that point, you had Ministry of Sound, Renaissance and Cream, which were the three big, massive, and Money Pennies, big, massive Eng British club nights. Um, they invited me to come and do some work with them on the door at Pasha and doing some promotion. And before I knew it, I was, I was working with them. And I guess that's what kind of led me on to moving more into a kind of music career. I, I kind of fell into this career in music and events and PR that I'd never planned. But it was done in a really organic way. It wasn't forced. It wasn't something that I kind of bulldozed my way into. I, I guess I kind of was in the right place at the right time. And it kind of just grew from there. But I did finish my uni degree. I did do my four years. And I've got a fashion design degree. So, you know. You do. And you still kind of do use it with your, let's say, your vintage stuff on the side. So it hasn't completely gone, you know, to the wayside. It's because I'm a hustler and I like to make money. <laughs> all of these projects and yeah you you definitely are amazing at networking it sounds like that that has really been like the foundation of your career and actually being at club nights being on the ground meeting people on the door in the club you know that was kind of the beginning of what we have now which is you know an incredible network having worked at ministry which sounds like a very kind of organic 
um, next step from working at Renaissance Live and then obviously you worked at AEI group as well. What is it about the live sector that you, you've loved so much and you, you obviously dedicated like 20 odd years of your, of your career to it? I think it's the people the the places you get to travel to just creating these magical experiences for people i mean seeing that all the hard work that you do and all the graft and all the stress but then actually on the day or on the night when you put these events on you can just stand back and you can just watch people's faces the happiness the enjoyment the the sheer thrill of the the experience that they're having at that time you know, and it, and it gives you that real kind of exhilarating feeling thinking, God, we've, we've done that. You know, that's that's what we've done. You know, all the behind the scenes work that happens that people don't realize does happen. It all pays off when you see the fruits of your labor. You know, I've been very, very lucky in my career. I've been given the opportunities to travel the world. You know, I've met the most incredible people. I've been able to work with the most phenomenal, you know, portfolio of artists, live DJs. And, you know, I've always been a bit of a party girl myself. So to be given the opportunity to go out and be in the kind of environment where people are dancing, listening to music, you know, why, why wouldn't you want to do that and get paid for it? It's, it's like a dream come true for any young person. And, and I think that, you know, again, we touched on the point about the landscape was very different back then. It wasn't as competitive. Um, it wasn't as, as, as brutal to get into as it is now. But again, there was still a lot of really, really good people out there. So you did still have to be at the top of your game to, to get the right jobs and to succeed. And, you know, I feel very lucky that I, you know, I had many, many years at Ministry of Sound, many years at AI, and, and in between got the opportunity to work with so many other fantastic brands and promoters. You know, I, I do, I feel very, very blessed that I've had a, a brilliant, brilliant career. You certainly have. Saying, you know, the, the landscape is very different to what it was those years ago um what advice would you give someone who you know now we're coming out of covid and we can actually start thinking about these things is there any advice that you would give someone who who just loves live events and like really wants to be on the ground and out and about and you know watching live music i mean to be honest i think it's a really good time for for skilled people ambitious people to try and get into the industry as things start to open up again I think there's probably been, you know, there's a lot of people who've left the industry through redundancies or, you know, financial reasons or, you know, they've, they've, they've had to shift and pivot into other industries to survive in the last 18 months. Um, and as, as, you know, festivals and events start to open up again, people are looking for fresh blood, new people to come through to, to reinvigorate their businesses and their events. Um, you know, as, as with everything then, you know, there's, there are so many more events and festivals happening now than there were. So much as there are so many more people out there, there's so much more activity that needs skilled people to help make it happen. So, you know, if we think back to when I started in the industry, there was a handful of club nights and events that happened. It was a very, very small condensed industry globally to what it is now. And still the majority of people that I used to work with and live with in Ibiza all those years back, we're all still doing what we did then, but in a kind of different capacity and a more kind of, I guess, grown up level. Um, but now there's kind of, you know, 10x 100x times of the activities that we had then so you know the the opportunities are there and I think it's not necessarily that you have to have loads of experience on paper but you have to be hard working willing ambitious you have to be hungry for it because 
there's 20 other people biting at your heels for that opportunity. So you have to prove that you are the best person for that organization to bring in, whether it be as a volunteer for work experience, you know, and an entry level position, you have to be prepared to get your hands dirty and prove yourself. Yeah. And just to add to that, it's also having the passion and the energy and the ideas and, you know, the confidence to to share those ideas as well because no idea is a bad idea and 100 you know it might be something that is you know, connects really well with us a, a niche group of fans and also there's that tech side of events more than ever that we have so again the digital world has opened up so many more opportunities absolutely i mean there's there's companies like melody vr and then you've got all the big kind of like the, the music platforms at Spotify and, and Beatport and all these other platforms that are now putting on their own events as well, virtual hybrid. So the, the landscape is so much broader for young people. And as I say, you know, the reason that I am not highly technically skilled is because there weren't, you know, digital initiatives and activities when I got into the business. It was all very much, you know, grassroots level promotion and, you know, hand to hand stuff. And then obviously the digital side of things has very much progressed in the, in the, in the past years. Um, so I think, you know, for young people who are far more tech savvy than perhaps I was coming into the industry, there are so many more opportunities. And, you know, as I say, with people now going into, you know, digital events, the hybrid way of working, as well as physical, you know, on the ground events, you know, there's, there's, there's tons and tons for people to get stuck into. Mm, absolutely. If you were to describe the process of delivering an event, what are the key stages that go into you know from planning to the delivery and event day of an event so I mean there's I guess there's two kind of events you can look at you can look at working with somebody where you just supply a brand and the marketing and support it but if, if we're talking about putting on an event yourself from sort of you know scratch you need a venue you need um, a ticketing platform you need a lineup whether that be music theatrical whatever kind of talent it is um the resources that you really really need you need strong marketing support you need design you need um people that understand the, the promotions world um and you need um an understanding of numbers i mean it sounds very very boring but number crunching is the only way to run a successful event these days so you have to be able to get your ducks in a row, have a strong P&L, whether it's you that can model that yourself or you need support from somebody else. Um, you need to understand what your break-even point is on ticket sales. So the recommendation is always to go in at a level where you feel comfortable with what your investment is so that, you know, if it can be a great event and it can look fabulous, but if you end up losing a, a bunch of money on it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's never a great start. But I think, if, you know, if you get those elements right, a great venue that supports you and promotes for you, fantastic lineup that also helps you support and promote the event. And, you know, and your internal infrastructure, design, marketing, promotion, you know, a really hungry team, whether that be on the payroll or volunteers, of people who really support what your mission is with that event and wants to, you know, really help you make it a success. Um, and it depends, I mean, what scale it is, if you're going to need on the ground production, health and safety you know, ambulance people, it really depends the scale of what you're doing um, and the type of event it is. There's so many different variables involved. Um, 
but you know if you need to have a basic understanding of what you're doing I wouldn't tell any entry-level person to try and put on an event <laughs> there are many 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 moving parts and I think very many I think events are kind of a very glamorous from the external side of kind of looking inside of the business but then actually when you're working on it there are like again all areas there are these kind of least glamorous things that we have to do um I mean going to meet Moby was obviously turned into a great night um <laughs> that is something you definitely don't get asked to do every day is there something um that you recall having worked in events that you that you've done which is kind of the the least glamorous thing um in delivering an event I missed a flight back from Russia once does that count um look I mean there the, the really is nothing particularly glamorous about events to the untrained eye it looks it looks great but it's an incredibly hard grafting um, industry to be in um, you know like I kind of badly alluded to about the setup and structure you know there are so many different uh, aspects behind the scenes to put on a successful event um, that you know you can you can have a disaster I mean we did we did a big show actually when I was at AAI we did a massive show in New York oh god maybe about seven or eight years ago now it was a big UKF show and there was a, a very nasty drug going around at the time and a punter leant over the bar and bit one of the bar staff in the face and we thought that we were going to have to close the event on the spot um you know like obviously the ambulance people turned up um on the same night somebody took very unwell from an overdose of drugs um th those are the bits that are that are hidden from the public those are the the bits that as organizers we have to kind of deal with the fallout from thankfully everything was fine that night the individual in question was okay and the situation with the guy you know worked out worked out okay albeit it was unpleasant at the time but these are the things that that that, that are shielded from the public and hopefully if the press don't get hold of them you can you know go unscathed but you know that was just one situation that I've been in there are loads you know event organizers deal with all the time you know people getting ill on site from, from drugs and people trying to get into events illegally busting down the, the the gates at festivals you know there's so many things that can go wrong and so many things which can undo all the good work you've done but it's just about it's about protecting the community of people that are at your event making sure everyone is safe and you know protecting the reputation of, of the brand and the event that's, that's on as well do you ever um and i suspect the answer to this is of course yes but how do you kind of plan for you know if something like that goes down i don't think you really can i mean i think when I mean, i've i've never myself personally organized big massive festivals um you know get ahead is i guess the biggest event that i run from scratch myself we've always we've always been part of other people's festivals um, so I've never had to deal with all the kind of big health and safety elements of it, the, the ambulance, all that kind of stuff. I think for the people behind the scenes organizing these kind of events, it's just making sure that you've got as much precaution on board as you can. You've got, you know, the, the, the medics on site, God forbid, should anyone take poorly. Um, you've got enough security. Um, it's it's the, the basic things. But I think if you've kind of dotted the I's and crossed the T's with, all of these things then you've you've done as much as you can really um there's there's not really any way to prepare for something like that 
happening at your event. It's just about how you manage it afterwards and deal with it at, at the time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, absolutely. So just diving into the, the ministry and the AEI days a little bit more, you held really senior um, positions at both of those companies. What was your experience of being a female in the senior leadership team at two super, super well-known companies, like working in events, working as a tour manager, both of those areas are very like male dominated. So I'm curious to know whether you ever felt underestimated or were treated differently um, because you were women at the top, really. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously without you know going into too much detail or naming and shaming kind of thing I think they're very very different organizations uh, one is certainly far more progressive than the other in terms of the opportunities that they they offer women but again one was a long time ago and one was more in the present day so things have changed a lot for women in the industry since and we're seeing obviously the 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 statistics are shifting in an upward trajectory in the right way which is great now um it was challenging you know um I was I was a relatively young woman in a huge global company, a director in amongst, I mean, there was another female director at ministry for a period as well. And then there was a, there was a period where I was the only female director. Um, and it was, you know, it, it's a phenomenal company and I still have an amazing relationship with the owners. It's a, it's a, it's a great organization. It was very, very male dominated at one time, but, you know, as I say, things change as time goes on and, you know, the, the, the owners and the, the, the people that run the business are incredibly supportive of women um, and, and champion you know diversity and, and but I think with with anywhere though Nick it's like people support talent they don't support you whether you're a woman or whether you're a man I think if you're talented and you can do the job 
then you deserve a seat at the table. That's it's just that it's just that simple. And I was very lucky that I was recognised for what I could do, and I was given the opportunities and I was given the platform, not just to help the organisation, but then to help me because certainly through my early ministry days, I learned so so much. You know, I'm incredibly grateful to that lot for, you know, giving me the opportunities that they did, and you know, helping me grow as a person and as an entrepreneur. Um, you know, and, and as and as a woman from within the industry and. When I joined the industry, there were very, very few women leading in senior roles. You had Amy Thompson, who, you know, who brought me into Ministry of Sound, um, Maria May, uh, Judy Weinstein, uh, Lynn Cosgrove. There, there, there really were, you know, Lucy Coates, there really were a handful of very senior women who were paving the way at that time. Uh, and they, they were, I guess, kind of role models that I would look to to want to be successful like them. And they're, you know, they're all different. They're, you know, they do different things and they're all absolutely spectacular and I'm nowhere near the cut of what they are. But it was nice to be able to have those kind of iconic figures that I saw as successful female, I guess, leaders um, to know that I, if I worked hard, I could be as successful as one of them, you know. Um, and I, all I can hope now is that in my position, as a very different person to what they do, that I can hopefully offer some of the same kind of level of guidance and um, ambition to, to other young women that, that maybe they did to me back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. And also ministry has that kind of entrepreneurial aspect to it, doesn't it? That's one of their, their values. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, most of the female senior women that I worked with back in the day there have all gone on to run their own companies or be work, sitting on, you know, board level positions at majors. Nicola, Libby, Lucy, all the fantastic women who I was very, very lucky to work with um, across the business over those years. And, you know, notwithstanding the, the, the girls who sat in my team, I mean, I had a huge, huge team at ministry towards the end of my tenure there. I think there was about 20 of us in the team at one point, and there, there were majority females. And that wasn't because I was specifically trying to recruit women. It's just that at that time, they were the best people for the job. And, you know, they've all gone on to be incredibly successful, again, working in agency land or running charities or, you know, running initiatives abroad. So it's, it's a brilliant school. Ministry Sound is one of the best schools you can ever attend to, to really set you up for success in your future. And, you know, the skills I learned there gave me the opportunity to go on and do what I did at AI. Amazing. And how did that all come about? Because, you know, you were accomplishing so much at ministry, been there for almost decade what was it that made you go oh I'm ready for something new so I mean yeah when I when I joined ministry in 2005 it was a very very small events team um there was a couple of people in it you know they were doing a couple of events every week and one of the biggest changes we had then was the acquisition of head candy the following year which you know absolutely blew into this global phenomenon so you know very very quickly we went from having ministry of sound tours to having head candy which was an absolute monster um, and then we had global underground and worked with other brands including renaissance and all of these other label partners that came in that wanted to have a live strategy so suddenly we had this huge portfolio of branded events assets to work with and grew the business very very quickly in the, in the scale of sort of five six years we went from you know a sort of 30 grand profit business a year to 1.2 uh, million profit EBITDA business so it grew very 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 quickly and you know we'd done uh, big ministry of sound and head candy residences in Ibiza 
We had done multiple events at the O2 with Head Candy. And then one New Year's Eve, we did Ministry of Sound in the O2 arena and Head Candy in the venue next door within the arena. And, you know, incredibly successful. You know, that was like the first live gig example did was for us because he was a Ministry of Sound artist. It was Calvin Harris headlined. You know, it was a moment in time, you know, justice. Uh, who else did we have? Oh, God, it was, it was massive. And so, you know, we, we'd done these massive, massive events. We had all these global shows. I think it got to the point where it was like, what else can we do? I felt like we'd kind of achieved everything that I'd wanted to achieve. We'd, you know, we'd created these successful clubbing brands. If anything, we were doing far too many shows with them. Um, and I wanted to, to learn some new skills. I wanted to, I'm somebody who I get very bored very easily. Um, I like to always be challenged. I like to always see what's next. And I wanted to learn, you know, different areas of the business. And at that time, there wasn't really an opportunity for me to move away from live. So I made the very, very difficult decision to move. And ministry were incredibly supportive and gave me their blessing. And, you know, the door was open and it was a really lovely, lovely way to leave. AEI, I knew Dell and Risky because they used to have a label deal with Ministry. So they, they used to actually operate the AEI business out of the Ministry Sound offices. So I knew the guys. We used to go out for lunch together and have beers together. Mm, again, that networking aspect. Again, yes. So they, they were just friends. You know, Dell's, Dell's family. I grew up with his kids and everything. So, so we had a real kind of friendship and family relationship. And when they heard I'd left uh, Ministry, they called me and said, look, we have these brands like UKF, uh, which they had just sold out Alexandra Palace, and we need some help putting together a, a live strategy. So I went in and joined them initially. I think it was just a couple of days a week, and it was a very small team at that time. And they had Drum and Bass Arena, UKF, Get Darker, and very very quickly, all these sort of YouTube channels were sort of being acquired by the company, all of which required you know a live strategy. So. Before I knew it, I was working there full time. Lovely, lovely team. You know, obviously Dell and Risky are fantastic people. And Luke, who is the founder of UKF, had joined the business full time. So it felt right. It felt like the right move for me. Um, I love the team. I love the vision. I love the ambition. The people were really nice. And before I know it, I've been there almost eight years. Madness. And during that time, you co-founded Get Ahead because you co-founded that with AI Group. Definitely. So when I became pregnant with my daughter, um, ooh, many years ago now, um, I, I, guess, I guess the reality was that I could not get on a plane every five minutes. I couldn't live the sort of, you know, globetrotting uh, party pants queen lifestyle that I had been in previous years. And also I was getting older. Um, I didn't want to. So it kind of coincided with, you know, AI, we're looking at different uh, live strategies we required somebody internally to sort of I guess start looking after more of the kind of cultural side of the business so I kind of moved away from the day-to-day -day live business and started kind of overseeing the culture and partnership side of the business still working with live um, which allowed me to work in a slightly slower pace of life when I come back after maternity leave um, and I kind of I guess fell into a bit of a, an HR role the company was about 40 people at that time, which had staffed up pretty quickly. Um, and there was no HR internally. And you've got a lot of young people who are burning the candle at both ends who just need a bit of TLC and a bit of handholding. 
So in the absence of us having somebody in HR, I kind of ended up being mum of the company, um, which I loved. I really loved being able to look after the team and be that kind of shoulder to cry on. Um, and that ended up becoming a bit more of a kind of, I guess, permanent requirement. Um, and as, as part of that, we were sort of rolling out well-being initiatives for the company, doing yoga in the office every week, you know, replacing Friday beers with healthy snacks, um, bringing in, you know, a, a transcendental meditation teacher. The company subsidized everyone to do a course with that. So, you know, we're talking six years ago, seven years ago, and there really weren't a lot of organizations within the music business who were looking at employee well-being in the way that AEI did at the time. So I feel I feel quite lucky that I was there at that time when that was happening. Um, and I guess that for us as a company, there was a bit of an ambition to kind of give back a little bit more. Um, so a friend of the business um, had come up with an idea to put on a well-being festival, came to us, and we, we co-founded Get Ahead in, well, 2017, uh, launched the first festival in 2018. The premise of it being um, the world's first festival of the head, a festival uh, created to help with burnout prevention. And the, the kind of ambition when we launched was to positively impact a billion people in the next 25 years. So that's quite a big ambition, I hear you say. Um, but the idea was that London would be the heartbeat of, of Get Ahead and every year it would kind of grow and get bigger and we'd launch with new partners, new venues. And then we kind of franchised the, the, the concept globally so that we'd have a kind of version of Get Ahead all over the world. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we launched an album off the back of the first um, festival as well, which um, a friend of ours, Ben Burst, who was in the band Pendulum for 15 years, had left, had left the band and came to us and asked how he could help. And I remember the day he said to me, why don't we put out some music? And this was about two months before the first festival. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's, let's do it, but let's do it later. And he said, let's do an album, to which I said, you are crazy. And Ben went off and he got 18 licensed tracks donated from all of his friends. And this is about tapping into your network. He basically got tracks from The Prodigy and Chasing Status and Subfocus, all the big bass acts that were hot at that time who were friends and who supported the cause donated tracks so we released mind state um, a week before the first festival and it went to number one yeah and then the after party for the festival was the album launch party so we had oh my goodness we had about 15 big drum and bass acts came down and played at Amira in the night time so again it was a real moment in time so the festival launched we had a thousand people that came feedback was phenomenal and at that point we thought this, this, this is not just a crazy idea. This is actually, there's, there's legs in this. This is something we could keep going with. So, I mean, at that point, I realized I was absolutely hooked, hook, line and sinker. Um, I knew that, you know, the stuff I was doing day to day at AI was important, but the mental health and well-being side of things was really what I wanted to, I guess, invest my time into going forward. So, I guess the conversation was had with AI about what we do next. And we decided to do it again the following year, which we organized in multiple venues. We went to the ministry and Ministry of Sound, and we did it again in 2019. And we had 1,500 people this time. So the momentum grew and the goodwill around what we were doing grew. And 
I could see that there was an opportunity in, in employee well-being outside of just the festivals. So we were asked by a couple of companies to, would you come and deliver programs in, in our workplace that kind of what you do in the festival? And we were like, okay, cool. And we did it. We prototyped some and it was incredibly successful. So it got to the back end of 2019 after the second festival. And we kind of all made the decision that I, I wanted to split off and, and, and go alone, still very much in partnership with AI, but running Get Ahead as my own business, which I did just before the pandemic. Great timing. Brilliant timing. But, um, you know, I've never looked back. I have all the support from AI, which is wonderful. You know, they, they gave me a platform and infrastructure and invested in me to, to get, get ahead off the ground. And for that, I'll be eternally grateful to, to them for that. And during lockdown, I set up and launched Work Inspired, which is a dedicated consultancy for well-being, where we build out programs and work with organizations in the workplace. So that can begin with us carrying out an organizational audit, producing a report for the clients and making recommendations based on our findings, and then working with them on a series of activities, events, initiatives which support their, their people's mental health and well-being. And we did, during lockdown, we did a phenomenal amount of virtual events, which was great to see that companies continued to invest into their people even when they were all remote. And now we're starting to kind of get back to in-person again, hybrid. So, yeah, I mean, what, what started as a crazy idea of a 24-hour well-being festival is now a four-year-old successful well-being festival business. Um, and uh, and a well-being consultancy as well. And also, not a crazy idea. See, never, never a crazy idea. You know, mental health and well-being is such a hot topic, and it has been for the last couple of years. So actually, it's such a perfect time for this really to be blossoming. And it's kind of looking at you know what's wanted and needed from people. And you always say you know when talking about Get Ahead Festival, it's you, you know you wanted to inject a bit of fun into a lot of topics which are very serious and very deep and often things that are not talked about as much like we had a session on menopause and eating disorders in the festival this year which again are, are very common everybody goes through them hopefully not all eating disorders but they are common and they're becoming more common particularly in in youth um so yes it's creating like a fun platform where people can come be comfortable share about their stories and you know also Go and have a dance as well. You know, we really did push the boundaries in terms of the content that we delivered this year. And that's, that's our promise and our commitment to our community is to make sure that we are tackling the topics that are relevant and needed at that given time. You know, we had a finance expert and who delivered a session on financial well-being. You know, the financial crash that we've had off the back of the pandemic, you know, still so many young people out there, so many old people do not know how to manage a basic cash flow or, or how to manage their finances. So, you know, I think we have to be very reactive to people's needs in the current day. And that's one of the, the, the key priorities with Get Ahead is to make sure that we're always aware of what those current needs are. And that's, I guess, the two businesses working together are very complementary in that sense, because when we're working with organizations and doing these audits, we're getting that kind of firsthand information from people as to what they need which helps us then again with programming get ahead when we do the festival 
So you've mentioned that there are many, many people who were in the music industry who are really well known, who are the backbone of Get Ahead and who have been at the festival. So we've had Brandon Block, Rob the Bank, Goldie Rocks, Crystal Rocks, and also He, She, They, uh, they also have a label. So it is massively, massively relevant to the music industry. It is an absolutely phenomenal festival. Thanks. So, I mean, I think the thing with the festival is it's such a team effort and it's not just me that produces it. There's um, loads of people behind the scenes who work really, really hard all year round to make sure we've got the best creative and design and promotion, etc. So, I mean, it's really a, a massive thank you to everyone involved, yourself, Helen, Grace, Andy, EJ, George, Danny, Joe, Natalie, um, all of the, the fantastic people who gave their time through the, the past months to help make the festival a success. So thanks to them all. And, you know, we put on virtual festivals, we created content, we put out newsletters, you know, you and the girls relaunched the podcast series, which is just absolutely phenomenal. You know, and I give thanks to each and every one of you who, you know, without you guys get ahead wouldn't be where it is today. So it's not about thanking me, it's about it's a combined team effort. So just to close off, um, what is the key thing that you've learned from your career that you would want listeners to take away? Um, just be a good human being. You know, I've been super lucky. I've worked with amazing people. I've seen the world um, and I've met my, my best friends in the world. You know, I've met while I've been working, you know, I feel very lucky that that I have done you know I've got a great circle of friends that I've met through working in the music industry or the well-being industry so I think that the key takeaways are you know work hard be nice be authentic have integrity um, and if you want it badly enough then you can get it just get your face out there you know be be I always go back to just just be, be a good human be kind and you know be honest as well and don't take no for an answer if you want an opportunity badly enough you know find the person you need to speak to and you know get in touch with them sell yourself to them get the experience and if there's not if you know if there's not jobs going at a company that you want to work at then if you're in a position to do so even if it's just a day a week or however offer up your time as a volunteer you know offer up your time to give some experience to get some experience um, and that's you know at the moment that's that's the best thing I can recommend what's the best advice anyone has ever given you during your career but go to bed and get some sleep <laughs> <laughs> yes honestly sleep is the most important thing sleep is the foundational pillar to good mental and physical health and it took me to about three years ago to learn that even when I had a baby they always say sleep when your baby sleeps I didn't um, I've never I've never been a great one for sleeping. I've always been too busy sort of chasing the party or chasing the day or scared that I'm going to miss out on something. But in the last few years, I have realized how important it is to sleep. And if I had a quid for every time somebody said to me after the festival last week, now sleep, I'd be a very rich person right now. So, yeah. <laughs> my god I can imagine that was a shift and a half yeah it's, it's it, I just keep saying to myself it's just once a year 25 hour shift just once a year but no I've got some ideas for a new format for the festival for next year which I'm not going to say anything about just now because I don't want to jinx it but um 
we've done three festivals now. We know what works and we know the bits that don't work quite so well. And for the brands to continue to grow in the brilliant flowering way it is just now, I think it's uh, it's the right time to make those changes and reintroduce some new new stuff into the format, shall we say. Hmm. Watch this space. Hmm. Hmm. If listeners want to connect with you, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram. Um, you can always contact me through Get Ahead, which is just at Get Ahead Life. And my personal Instagram, I always forget what that is because I'm rarely on it these days. My personal Instagram is just at Jen Cock, J-E-N-C-O-C, um, at Jen Cock. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to have a chat about Get Ahead or Work Inspired, if you're interested in uh, volunteering with us or hearing more about what we do, um, as I say, at the moment, we are very much a volunteer-based organisation. We are a non-profit, fingers crossed, hopefully a charity soon. Um, so we are always looking for, for fresh, ambitious, hungry, new people to join the team. So if you are interested, you can always email me as well, jenny at getahead.life. Always happy to hear from people and have a chat. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was a joy. Thanks, it was a pleasure. What a lovely way to spend a Friday afternoon. The Mellow Compass podcast is produced by the wonderful Rosie Bennett. To keep updated on the latest episodes, hit like and subscribe and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.